0: Good evening, Tree of Life Church. Thank you for tuning in tonight, for joining us for a time in the Word of the Lord. And this is always a special time when we're able to to open up the Word of life and see what thus saith the Lord. And uh, I'm grateful that you are continuing to tune in and just hear the Word of God. I remember my friend, Pastor Matthew Tuttle of Vider, Texas, uh, Eastgate Pentecostal Church, he said of during this time of quarantine, he said, well, we went into the living room today. It's what we used to call it, the living room. Now we call it the sanctuary. And we heard the word of the Lord there in our sanctuary. And I hope that your living room has become a sanctuary, that it has been a sanctuary and that it will continue to be a sanctuary. That is one of the positives that comes from this experience that we turn our homes into a sanctuary where our time is dedicated to lifting up the name of the Lord and receiving uh, His holy word. And uh, I, I know that as time continues and we're, we're continuing down this path of receiving the word of the Lord via live stream, via technology, uh, continue to stay dedicated and devoted to hearing the Word of God and and applying it to your life. Uh, That's very important uh, as you continue this path. Uh, And we're, we're, of course, making our journey back to worshiping together. But in the meantime, we're going to take every opportunity we have to worship God together in this fashion and hear from His Holy Word. Tonight, I want to speak to you on... The subject, only the word. That's our topic tonight. Only the word. And I want to read to you from the uh, gospel according to Matthew. And we're going to be reading from the 8th chapter. Matthew chapter 8. One of the great uh, miracles of Jesus' ministry. Uh, I want to read it to you. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5. The scripture says this. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum. There came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed." For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham, and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And the centurion's servant was healed in the selfsame hour. I want, to, I want to concentrate our attention on that statement. Lord, if you, if you speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And I want to talk to you about only the word, only the word. In this season of receiving from God in these online forums and venues, uh, we have had to adjust so much of how we interact with God. Going to church is a a common phrase that we would use uh, in our custom of serving God. I'm going to church. I go to church. I go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Wednesdays. And and this has forced us to live in such a way that, uh, that we've known to be true, but this has really pulled it out of us, and that is that we are the church. The building is not the church, we are the church. And and, and we thank God for our building and we thank God for the building we're about to build in Jesus' name. And and yet we understand that a building is merely a tool that God uses to facilitate his work and serves as a, a base where the people of God can gather together, refresh themselves, and move from there into the world that God has sent them into as ambassadors for Christ but we because we've enjoyed that we've gotten used to going to church we've gotten used to fellowship we've gotten used to praise and worship and singing and and uh, and we've gotten used to having good sound quality and we've become used to the right acoustics and 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 padded chairs and and all sorts of modern conveniences that we have taken the time to make sure exist. And we'll do even more of that in the new building. But, but sometimes we can get our priorities maybe a little misdirected and focused. Sometimes we can, we can forget what is the most important thing. And the important thing is to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ which is to go and preach the gospel to every creature go preach the gospel to every creature everything that we do in the church is to facilitate the ultimate goal of preaching the word of god it is the word of god that brings salvation it is the word of god that brings healing it is the word of god that brings deliverance and develops love within the people of god and and for this world to be made whole, they have to have a relationship with the Word of Almighty God. It is the Word at the end of the day. Everything we else we do is secondary to the fact that we are taking the Word of our holy God and we're placing it into our hearts. And we must never forget that. And this experience has been a reminder to us that His Word is what matters most in our lives. We're thankful. We're very thankful for all of the different uh, elements that we have that can accompany His Word and that can serve as tools and means to, to uh, come beside the Word and, and help people to receive the Word. But, but nothing can replace the Word and nothing takes preeminence above the Word. The scripture says that the Lord has even magnified his word above his name. His word takes preeminence. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. Because in this passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 8, is recorded the great miracle where Jesus encounters a centurion. This is, as the man would state in this encounter with Jesus, this is a man under authority. This is a man who understands authority. He has people who report to him, and he has people to whom he reports. He understands a chain of command. And he's got a servant at his home who is sick. And this, again, this is not a prophet or a rabbi. This is not a disciple. This is a centurion. And he comes to Jesus and said, hey, I got a problem, I got a need, and here is my need. My servant lieth at home and is sick and needs a healing touch in his life. Jesus says to him, I will come and I will heal him. That is, I mean, what amazing uh, opportunity that is to have Jesus offer to come to your house and to perform a healing miracle in the comfort of your own home, in your living room. And now we would, of course, take him up on that if we had that opportunity. And that's what we've been doing in this experience is inviting Jesus into our home. Amen. But the Roman centurion said, I'm not worthy that you would even stand under the roof of my house. I'm not worthy that you would stand under the roof of my house. And and I am a man under authority. And I understand how authority works. I tell this person to go and they go. I tell this person to do and they do. And I know because of my understanding of authority that all you really have to do is speak the word. Just speak the word, only the word. The word only. And my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, everybody stop what you're doing. I want you to take a look at this guy. Because he said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel than I'm seeing in this Roman centurion right here and now. That is quite a statement because what he's saying is, I have surveyed the people of God's promise. I have surveyed the children, the natural lineage of Abraham people who have been raised to trust God. And I have not found such great faith in all of Israel than what I'm seeing in this Roman centurion because he understands the power of only the word. And and, and that's really saying something. Jesus went on to say, you know what? He said that there are going to be children of Abraham, children of the kingdom who who will be cast into outer darkness. These are people who have been brought up to understand and to to trust the Lord, but somewhere they got off track and they thought that that it, it had more to do with their righteousness than the actual word of Almighty God. It had more to do with what they could offer and what they could accomplish than the word of God itself. And he said there'll be some who will lose out because of this fact. And there are people who are gonna come from the east, the west, and and they're gonna sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And they're going to be children of the kingdom that won't make it because somewhere they got off track. God forbid that you or I would ever miss the point of what serving God is all about. And this time that we have of receiving from God in this unique fashion is actually a help to us to understand that what we need more than anything is the Word of Almighty God. If we have everything stripped from us, if we've got the Word, we have everything we'll ever need if we have everything pulled from us, all of our crutches, all of the things that we've begun to lean on and depend on, but if we've got the word, then we've got everything. That Roman centurion said, it's awesome that you would offer to come to my house, but I'm not worthy that you would stand under the roof of my house. If you'll speak only the word, then my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, Your servant is going to be healed according to your faith. Everything that you've desired, it shall be done unto you. And when the man returned home, he learned that his servant was healed in the self same hour. What do we learn about this great faith? Jesus said he hadn't found any greater faith in all of Israel. Here this man is, he's a Gentile. And and, and Jesus has not found greater faith in all of Israel. And and the first thing we see about this great faith is, number one, he went to Jesus. That's the key to having great faith. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear your faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you know that the fire is burning and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. He went to Jesus. You and I, we have to go to Jesus. Not only did he go to Jesus, but he had a humility about him. He had a humility that said, I'm not worthy that you would stand under my roof. This might be hard for us to really truly fathom, but, but there are a lot of times where we think too highly of ourselves. The scriptures warn against that and tell us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We can take A reminder from this conversation between the Roman centurion and Jesus Christ, this reminder is that I'm not worthy. I am not worthy that he would stand under the roof of my house. I'm not worthy to be able to stand in his presence. I'm not worthy to be blessed by him. I'm not worthy that that, that he would do anything for me. The fact that he would do anything for me, let alone die in my place, and give me the joy of his great salvation is an absolute amazing grace and we should live our whole life and eternity praising God with all of our heart that he would give us that free gift of grace. We have to have that mentality, that mindset of the Roman centurion. I'm not worthy Lord, that you would even come under the roof of my house. I'm telling you that humility moves God. When we come to him all arrogant, acting like he owes us something, we've got something off balance, and, 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 and humility actually gets his attention. It, it really spoke to him when this man said, I'm not worthy that you should come under the roof of my house, and I understand authority. See, his humility wasn't just a mental state of mind, but his humility actually caused him to be submitted to the authorities in his life. Submission to authority is an important thing. It's a practice and an exercise of humility. This got the attention of Jesus. And the man said, I understand that you can speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. We've got to get into a mindset of only the word, the word is is enough. His word is enough. I know. Listen, I know we want to be together. We want to shout together. We want to sing together. We want to run and dance and praise God together. Nobody wants it more than me. And we're going to do it. We're going to get back there. But, But right now, you know what we're learning? We're learning. His word is enough. If you don't have the lights and if you don't have the sound of the music presently, physically, we thank God for our worship team. We thank God for our media teams. We thank God for those that are going above and beyond to produce uh, such a beautiful, powerful, anointed worship experience to help us experience that in our homes. But I want you to understand when they sing, they're singing the word. When they're, when they're worshiping and leading in worship, those songs are saturated with soundness of doctrine and the Word of Almighty God. We're not just singing cool music. It's not just a good sound. It's, it's a good sound, but, but, but even greater than the good sound is the purity of the truth that's coming out in song form, the Word is what brings deliverance. The Word is what brings power into our lives. So take this opportunity to let the Word of God minister to you and have that mindset of the Roman centurion that says, Lord, only your Word. If I don't, if I don't get to be presently in the building, physically, in person, that's all right. I, I'm ready for that to change, but in the meantime, Your word is enough to strengthen my soul. Your word is enough to make my spirit whole. Your word is enough, hallelujah, to give me the grace I need from day to day. Your word is enough. The book of Psalms 119, that big chapter, the longest uh, chapter if you want to call it that, the, the division of the 119th Psalm. I want to bring to you three Verses of scripture from there. Psalm 119, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word, David said, he hid in his heart that he might not sin against God. In other words, the word is enough to give you power over temptation. The word is enough to give you power over temptation. Are you struggling with temptation? Are you struggling with with your flesh and your fleshly nature. The word gives you power to overcome that temptation if you will hide it in your heart, not casually glance at it, not have a take it or leave it relationship with it, not a treatment of the word as just another book or just another way to entertain yourself, but immerse yourself in this holy word of God. Immerse yourself in reading it, hearing it, listening to it, obeying it, memorizing it, teaching others about it. And what you will find is that when you hide it in your heart, it'll keep you from the temptation that used to have such an advantage over you. Psalm 119 verse 89 said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. How long? Forever. Thy word, O Lord, is settled. It's not transient. It's not not this one day and this the next day. It's not situational. The word is forever settled in heaven. And we pray, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His word is already settled in heaven. So his word is truth. His word is enough to keep you from error from erring in your ways to, it'll keep you from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. His word will keep you, keep your family strengthened. It's so powerful that the scripture says if you'll train up your child in the way they should go, when they are old, they shall not depart from it because there's a keeping settled power in the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel his presence as I'm declaring the power of his word to you. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What that teaches us is this. His word is enough to get you through the darkness. The darkness that falls upon your life, that covers the path. Darkness that where you can't see your hand in front of your face and you don't know whether you're going the right direction or not. The Bible calls that condition of being lost, lost or blinded. And the Bible said, thy word all of a sudden appears as a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. His word is enough to get you through the darkness of this world. Hallelujah. His word is enough. And if you didn't know it before this quarantine started, you know it now. If you didn't know it before, you weren't able to gather together and worship together. You know it now. Hallelujah. That I can I can hear his word and his word is... Meat to my soul. His word brings me such joy. It lifts me up out of any kind of an emotional despair. It lifts me up out of any kind of a spiritual delusion. It lifts me up out of any kind of fear or worry or doubt or anxiety. Oh, hallelujah. His word is enough. He can speak the word only. Oh, I know we want to get together, and we're going to. I told you Sunday, we can see the tops of the mountains. We're working diligently on it. We have teams working on that right now, and and we're looking forward to when we can share details with you about a plan for that. But I want you to know His Word can come under the roof of your house and heal what is sick in your life. The Apostle Paul wrote, Two epistles to a young man by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a young preacher that Paul was mentoring, that he was developing into a man of God, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And he warned him three times about fables. He told him, he said, Don't give heed to fables and to endless genealogies. All they do is create confusion. He told him not to, he told him to refuse profane and old wives' uh, fables. He explained to him that there are some that will turn from the truth and they will give themselves unto fables. Fables are fiction. Fables are tales. They are myths. And he said that this world is a place that actually embraces the myth as a reality. And if you don't have the word as your anchor, you're going to buy into fables. If you don't accept the word as truth in your life, then you're going to believe a lie and receive damnation. And this this is what the the Apostle Paul was warning Timothy about. I want to read to you some of what he said to Timothy in in the second epistle of Timothy. Two powerful chapters that are found in the word of the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. You might be familiar with them. If not, I'm going to read them to you. If you are, I'm still going to read them to you. But I think sometimes we separate these two from one another. But they're very much linked and they are in conjunction with one another. I'm going to read these to you now. Some portions of scripture from 2 Timothy 3. Follow along with me. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. I mean, he might as well have said May 2020 because that's where we are. The last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, Are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. If you move on down into verse number 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived but continue thou, now this is Paul talking to Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able, hallelujah, the holy scriptures are able to make thee wise, Glory to God, unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm grateful for object lessons. I'm grateful for the musical accompaniment. I'm thankful for poems and and various points and various illustrations that we can use to help people understand. But I want you to understand this. At the end of the day, the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, all scripture, in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Then chapter 4 begins. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Oh, hallelujah. Preach the word. When? At all times, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, preach the word. Yeah, preach the word when men are lovers of themselves instead of lovers of God, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, preach the word. Preach the word when they have the form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Preach the word when they are traitors and heady and high-minded. Preach the word when they are false accusers and incontinent and fierce. Preach the word when the perilous times shall come. Preach the word when evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season Hallelujah, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And then he tells him why in verse three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth And shall be turned unto fables, myths, fictions. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Glory to God. That's where we are right now in the middle of this affliction. He said endure afflictions. Endure it. I know it's hard right now. I know it's difficult right now. I know it's different right now. But tree of life, endure afflictions afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Then the apostle Paul says something I think it's worth noting. He said, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. He's telling him, look, I've come to the end of my days on earth and I'm telling you, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, do the work of an evangelist endure affliction watch thou in all things be ready to preach the word of god because i want to tell you when you can't physically go under somebody's roof the word can go into their home when we can't physically gather together the word can come under the roof of your house and can bring healing and can bring deliverance and can bring salvation And you may say, well, I kind of need an atmosphere. Build an atmosphere in your own home. Sing praises unto God and let the worship team begin to lead you in worship. But I'm going to tell you something. When it's all said and done, the holy scriptures themselves are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. When you're in a position like that Roman centurion and, and Jesus isn't under the roof of your house and you, don't, and you don't have things just the way they need to be in your mind and in your estimation, I want you to know that it is the Word of God that sustains and satisfies and leads us and guides us it is his word that is the lamp it is his word that is the light it is his word that is settled it is his word that is hidden our heart when heaven and earth shall pass away it is his word that shall not pass away when the grass withers and the flower fades it is the word of our god that shall stand forever hallelujah the word only oh blessed be the name of the lord his word is able to step into your life right now and bring about a miracle. Glory to God, his word right now can bring about a miracle. When his word is revealed to you, it will change your life forever. Thank you, Jesus. No, you you may not have access to all your preferences and all of your favorites and all of the way that you think And see how it should be done in order to set the stage just perfectly. You can have the perfect atmosphere and just the right environment for you to be able to stand among hundreds of other people and worship God and then receive the word. That's great. I love it just like you do. But when all is said and done, if he speaks the word and that's all he does, he will bring healing into your home. And he will bring healing into your life. Hallelujah. Why don't we take an opportunity to have a new and a fresh relationship with the word of God. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, it is by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed not by an architect not by an engineer, not by a producer, not by a director, not by a manager. The worlds were framed by the word that came out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. When you have nothing else, if you've got the word, you have all you need. For that we give him praise today. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I love you. Can we just bow our heads together right now and pray? that God would help us to receive this word into our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this gathering of your people as we gather around and hear your word and receive it into our hearts and our minds. I pray in Jesus' name that your word would find good ground and let it grow up, O God, as a mighty tree bearing precious fruit. Help us, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ to be more like you as your word plants itself in us as that seed, Lord, that grows up into a tree of life. I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to see again and again and again and anew, O Lord, the value, the precious value of the word of Almighty God. We thank you for this today. We give you praise. Let it sink deep into our hearts, into our minds, into our soul, O Lord. Forever we lift you up and forever we magnify your precious name. Thank you for your word today. And let us, I pray, cherish it more than we ever have before. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. Thank you for your time tonight. We're looking forward to a great time in the Holy Ghost on Mother's Day. We'll look forward to being with you Then, God bless you in Jesus' name.